this crazy dream About some folks who love this country Who all began to dream the same dream And when the morning came There arose across this nation People thinking one and the same And they awoke to find their freedoms And all their liberties Had gradually been taken away And when they realized the danger To their posterity I heard those patriotic people say We want this country back And our freedoms and our rights restored We want this country back She's been driven way off track We're wide awake and we're madder than hell now And we ain't gonna take it anymore No, we're not gonna take it anymore Remember golden days When the stars and stripes forever Symbolize her glorious name America But now it's all been changed And when we gaze upon old glory It's hard to fight back feelings of shame We're fed up with lying politicians And greedy corporations Who have sold us out time and again And we're sick and tired of sending our soldiers off to wars that we were never meant to win. Welcome back, folks, to the next hour here of The Conquered Lantern. I am your host, Maggie Rose, and you're listening to The Conquered Lantern here at www.republicbroadcastingnetwork. We are listening to by people all over the world, internationally, I want to say hello to Pac Woman in Australia down under, also to Omega Logos, who is down under, and to Helen and some of the others, including Patrick in Ireland and Mr. Garcia, who is down in South America. I think he's right now said he's in Chile. He's traveling around South America right now. So we have many people around the world that are listening to Republic Broadcasting Network, and many of the people in Canada have said, if you lose your country, then we are all going down in flames as well. And we are basically the last stop for these globalists. Um, they are deathly afraid of us, people that are standing up grassroots, trying to take back our country. Now, folks, I have said this to you before. Um, my friend Juan has told me this, and many others have told me this. People that I served with in the military, my children that are now uh, commission officers, some of them in the Pentagon, Washington, D.C., please do not keep marching on Washington, D.C., Go to your state capitals if you have to protest and wave flags, but understand that the globalists will try to throw a net over you. They want us to be working at a grassroots level uh, from our own communities up to the state level. And so we have coming back here right now, we're going to have Ed Renfro sitting in the wings right there. Uh, we also have Desmond Ballard, who has got his court case, is going to be in Salem on Thursday at 11 o'clock in Judge Edmonds' courtroom. Uh, about the state constitution, Article 2, Section 22. For those of you that listened to the first hour, now you have a better understanding why Tina Kotek is not supposed to be your governor. She's not there legally or lawfully. Why Christine Drazen cannot be. 
why Betsy Johnson cannot be, why the former Secretary of State could not be the governor, why the current Secretary of State cannot be the governor, why the Attorney General cannot be the governor, and who is actually your legal and lawful governor. But we have to get the judges that have been bought by the Democrats and the Oregon State Supreme Court to uphold the Oregon State Constitution, Article 2, Section 22, passed by Oregonians in the 1990s, uh, went through the court systems and was upheld in 2020. Now, we have coming on with this right now a gentleman that I am just absolutely humbled and honored. Uh, this I consider him a friend. Um, his name is Don Powers. Many of you have written me and asked to bring him back. As you all know, I was unable to do the show the day that he was coming on, and I had my co-host Chris Brumbles actually do the show with Don Powers. Chris Brumbles is also, like myself, an Army veteran. He's the Columbia County Coordinator of the Oregon Firearms Federation, and I went back and listened to the show, and I'll tell you, that was an excellent show. I, I was so impressed. People have been asking and clamoring me to continue to bring Don Powers back, so he is with us today, and then we also have his friend Dave Brown. Um, welcome back again to the Concord Lantern, um, Don. Wow! Well, what a great introduction. I'm I'm uh, I'm a little embarrassed and humbled. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we um, intend for you to be our next Oregon uh, for the state of Oregon, the national chairman for the state of Oregon, to replace the nightmare we've had under Solomon U for the last 25 years. Yeah, just to be clear, that's uh, he's our Solomon is our current national committee man, and he's held that position now for 24 years. Which you know, if you do the math, that's about as long as this uh, Republican Party has been suffering in this state. And uh, you know, it's more important to me. It's it's you know, I, I just want to help my state, right? That's my number one primary goal is to help my state to get constitutional conservatives that are, uh, you know constitutionally liberty-minded into office so we can stop some of this insanity that's been going on. And in fact, that's why I asked my, my, my good friend Dave Brown to come on because he's been fighting a battle and uh, he's really been, he's got his own program called Stand Tall with uh, Dave Brown and he's been fighting a battle with the schools and all of this uh, transgender stuff going on, boys and girls locker rooms, boys playing girls sports, and he's been coaching for many, many years. So, uh, Dave, uh, say hello. <laughs> hey, everybody. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Appreciate well, it. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. In fact, what I would like to do, uh, with permission of Desmond, Desmond, you're with us. Uh, Desmond's been doing the same thing up in the school district of Gresham, and he's the one that is actually have a hearing going on on Thursday in a courtroom number C as in two with uh, Judge Edmonds, where he's going to be dealing with some of the state constitutional issues that have been violated for over 25 years. In fact, a lot of us are very angry, as you know, Mr. Brown, uh, what happened to our Republicans. And the other day, the Oregon Supreme Court decided that those Republicans can no longer hold office or run. So if the state of Oregon and our Supreme Court it's going to say, oh, even though this amendment that was supposedly passed by us Oregonians, I know most of us did not vote for this. So something definitely I think was smelly and fishy when it came to that amendment being pushed through not long ago by the Democrats, who are the majority here in Oregon. So if the Democrats and the Oregon State Supreme Court are going to say, we're going to uphold this amendment, we just crammed down the throats of Oregonians, then I say to you, Oregon Supreme Court, 
you better uphold this Article 2, Section 22 that Desmond is bringing before Judge Edmonds this Thursday at 11 o'clock. Do you agree, Mr. Brown? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking on there. I think I got Desmond on my screen. Am, am I correct there? That's Desmond. Hey, man, how you doing? Uh, no, Gresham well. Uh, coached against him many times just out there last year, coaching against Gresham High School. Uh, I've coached against him in basketball and tennis, so um, I'm actually going to be in thir- Thursday in Salem. So I might uh, – is that something we can go to your meeting and support you? Absolutely. Please come on. It's a court hearing. It's actually – he's going to actually be given 30 minutes to present a case against Shamia Fagan. She's still going to be held responsible for what she's done against Shamia Fagan and Tina Kotek. Is that correct, Desmond? Yes. And this so case you're going to be since April 2022. Okay, would you explain to Mr. Brown a little bit more again what this is about, and to Mr. Powers? Well, yes. Um, Article two, section twenty-two should have been applied to uh, Miss Maggie's r- uh, run for governor, as well as everybody else's. And Shamir Fagan refused to acknowledge it. I brought her to court. Um, she wasn't supposed to certify the election, but the judge did a procedural maneuver that allowed her to certify the election and go around my case so that they didn't have to acknowledge it publicly. Um, now, on Thursday, we're going to have the, the judgment that they rendered removed due to fraud. Um, they understood that this was the first case that I ever wrote. And so they knew that I didn't understand all of the rules of civil procedure. They applied uh, improperly rules of civil procedure, not just improperly, fraudulently applied rules of civil procedure to um, allow Shamir Fagan to abscound the subject matter jurisdiction of the court for motions to strike because I, I moved to strike her application of the federal case because here in Oregon, we did away with the state case and she wanted to rely on the federal case, which had never been relied on by any, st- any court in our state. Um, and in doing so, I challenged the subject matter, subject matter jurisdiction of that federal case and my motion to strike. The judge decided that um, the motion to strike was improper because of Oregon Rules Civil Procedure 13B only allows certain pleadings, but not understanding that Oregon Rule of Civil Procedure 21A actually um, makes a motion to dismiss exempt, uh, the exception to ORCP 13B so that any facts that they um, present in that motion to dismiss can be subject to a strike, including the challenging the subject matter jurisdiction of the, that federal case. Um, when I get there on Thursday, I, w- I want people to understand that I'm not going there to try and convince the judge to remove his case. I mean, to remove his judgment. My entire position of being there on Thursday is to set a record because our job as, as parties are not to try and convince a judge of anything. Uh, that's one of the biggest misconceptions we have with court cases is that you we think that we have to convince the judge to do their job when that's not the case. You have to establish a record and you build your record during that those proceedings so that the judge has to make his ruling based on the record. 
if he goes outside of the record to make his ruling, then you have a case against him and you can hold that judge accountable. And that's that's what I'm doing on Thursday. I'm establishing a record to show that they um, defrauded me of the subject matter jurisdiction of the court, as well as I've already asked this judge to disqualify himself because he shouldn't be making adjudicating the same matter in which he's um, being accused of fraud. He's refusing to disqualify himself, and for obvious reasons, you wouldn't want another judge to be putting you underneath the gun and adjudicating whether or not you committed fraud. You'd rather it get swept under the rug by yourself. You'd rather keep it in-house. Unfortunately for him, that I've learned enough to where on Thursday, me establishing a record will allow for me to then, if he does decide, okay, I'm not going to um, do away with the judgment, I can now have it reviewed directly by the Oregon Supreme Court in hopes that they will accept original jurisdiction of the matter and conduct the trial right there at the Oregon Supreme Court level. And in doing so, because of the the public um, weight of the circumstances, most likely we would have a ruling on this before the uh, end of summer and have Maggie in office uh, soon after. Wow. Well, Mr. Brown and Don Powers, what do the two of you have to say? Well, you know, I, I'll say that, you know, the, the letter of the law is important. You know, we we uh, we find in a lot of cases right now, a lot of things, a lot of the problems we have going on right now in our country is just that that we have a we have a, a globalist uh, power that is intent to take this country down to usurp our liberties and uh, to uh, basically nullify the United States Constitution, which, of course, also includes the constitutions of the individual states. And, you know, the problem that we have is they control every lever, lever of power right now, right? They control the judiciary, they control the legislature, they control the education, they control the banking system, right? So it is very difficult. We've seen that with uh, the same kind of thing with the uh, 2020 uh, elections with uh, the presidential elections, right? Uh, court cases come up and you don't have standing, you don't have this, trying to get all this in interesting, powerful, compelling information and fact into the court and won't even, they won't even take a look at it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's brutal. I, I applaud the effort to get in there and, and uh, keep fighting them because we have to hold their feet to the fire because if we don't, um, and we can't let them take this thing, you know, uh, without resistance, that's for sure. Now, can you explain to us, Mr. Powers, um, what you are planning to do between now and March 16th? Yeah, well, I am uh, running for the National Committeeman, for the position of the National Committeeman for the Oregon Republican Party. And my, I've seen a lot of dysfunction, right? I've only actually been a voting member of society, actually, just for, for a few years. I was kind of that guy for a lot of years, right? They just didn't, uh, just busy Raising my family, right? Going to uh, kids' games, going to soccer games, baseball games, volleyball, you know, et cetera, right? Doing my thing, going fishing now and again, mining my, mining my life. And um, a few things happened along the way that made me start to realize uh, that our values were being, you know, usurped. Our country was being uh, flipped upside down. Value systems and family values were being attacked. And it got me, it got me active. It got me thinking. It got me involved. And, yeah. I got involved mainly uh, from a technology standpoint in the beginning as related to the elections going on. 
but um, it's all just brought me back into all the things that we, even the things we're talking about now, which was seeing that uh, that wasn't an item, you know, in and of itself, the election stuff. Right. So as, as this has progressed for me, um, I got more involved with the Republican Party because I seemed like that was the only place where I felt like I could ha- have um, uh, if if any help was coming, you know, if we were going to be able to to change this thing, if we're going to be able to change the rules and laws, um, the perspective of the, uh, you know, the citizenry, it was going to have to come from the ground up. So I started an organization called uh, Take Back America. And our whole philosophy was, our tagline was, you know, we're going to win this country back one, uh, one county at a time. Yep. And we began doing that. And that kind of led me to where we actually replaced, uh, I began to see what I felt was the complacency in the Republican Party of Oregon, and then as I as we changed the entire uh, landscape, all of the positions out of our county, we actually replaced uh, the chair, vice chair, all, all the elected positions within the central committee of the uh, Clackamas County Republican Party. With every member that that was replaced, was replaced by one of our members from Take Back America. You know, by a vote of the PCPs in the county. So clearly, we were doing something right. We had the right message. We began going to county commission trying to do that and all that kind of started to lead me to to, to you know, get deeper into what's happening at the at the oregon republican party level the orp level that um and what i saw was just that i started going and looking back through the years and i'm going wait a minute we've got you know we've got chair after chair after chair being uh being attacked being pushed out um and this party in a unable to to, to unify right and i keep kept looking going gee there seems to be um, a real dysfunction here and, you know, some kind of common denominators. And I, what else can I do? You know, what else can I do? And I began getting asked about running for this position for national committeemen by quite a few people. And I really didn't want to do it. You know, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it. Uh, I felt like, again, staying at that local level was still my, my calling. Um, but it's kind of grown and we've got a good footing there. We've got some really good people in place and they're doing a great job. So, um, you know, this position, you know, coming up against in Solomon U. And there's there's a couple other candidates, too, that are, that are really good uh, people. But really, um, the whole movement is to is really we're pretty much running against Solomon. Right. He's been there for 24 years. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. They've already begun to attack me, trying to send their minions after me, spreading you know lies and innuendos and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm rattling on a little bit, but. The reason I want to take that position is because I feel like the previous gentleman, Solomon Yu is his name, I don't think he's done anything for the state, right? He's off running his business. He's got these packs, these international packs that he runs, and that's how he does. But he's not bringing anything to Oregon. I haven't been able to see anything that he's actually done for Oregon. And we see nothing but dysfunction. We see chair after chair after chair of the Oregon Republican Party, not being able to get along with him, um, being attacked by him or his people. So there's there's just this disconnect, and it's really nasty. And it's time that the chair and the national committee men and national committee men can sit down together, work together, come up with a plan together to drive this, you know, this party in the right direction and be pulling from the same end of the rope in the same direction. And once we are able to do that, once we can we can go get in the good direction and get that strategy together, we can begin telling the story of the battle that we're in here in Oregon and what we're doing and what great champions we have, like 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 Dave um, Brown and, and and others, like like what we were just talking about with the court case coming up 
all of those things, these fights and these champions that we have in our state and the battles that we're winning and the battles that we're in, that message has to be sent out to the country. So they stop those stakeholders, those national stakeholders, stop thinking that this state is 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 hopeless. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a lost cause in Oregon. Right. Yes. That's what we keep hearing. That's what we keep hearing. In fact, in fact, not only that, Don, I don't mean to interrupt you, but. 107, as you know, has been one of the white hats, and my friend Lieutenant Scott Bennett, the author of Shell Games, is a very close friend of mine, and both of them are veterans, and they both have said that when they've been working with Trump and with uh, Trump's uh, handlers, uh, the people working with Trump, that the one state of all the states in the union is considered the laughingstock. It always comes back that it's Oregon, every single time. And that's what we got to stop. we got to make... I mean, look, the legislation that we have going on here, the judiciary we have that's supporting the, the, this crazy movement that we have, it's it's really difficult because you're talking about the difference between truth, right, and and opinion, right? So you're talking about somebody who says, "I prefer, you know, I prefer um, pistachio ice cream," and somebody says, "Oh, no, 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 I like vanilla bean." Well, that's your preference. And I don't need you forcing me to eat your vanilla bean when I prefer pistachio. Yes. Right? That's a difference between your preference as a person and how you prefer to live, whatever that, however you want to put that into context, but how you prefer to live versus the truth. For example, the truth is XXXY. That's it. That is the truth. Now, how you prefer to live that's completely different, but you don't necessarily have a right uh, to tell me that I have to agree with that or accept that or right. accept that there's 714,212 different genders. The truth exactly. is the truth. And that's one of the things that's been so upsetting. Ed Renfro, uh, who's with us, who ran against Virgil Osborne in uh, District 1, um, he was trying so much to be able to share. I mean, he's got children and grandchildren growing up in the school system. We have Mr. Dave Brown here. Dave, you and Desmond definitely need to connect with each other. What you've been discovering, Dave Brown, um, as, and as Mr. Powers is stating, is they are cramming so many of their far, far wokeism left liberal down our throats. And then we got someone like, um, unfortunately, let's let's say what it is. We've got, you know, people like Christine Drazen and David Brock Smith, who is a senator in Salem, who actually sat in on a couple of the hearings, actually were part of the conferences, and yet both times voted for putting tampons in the boys' bathroom. And yet when David Brock Smith realizes the people that 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 he is representing. Now, remember, he wasn't elected the first time. He was appointed by the county commissioners of Douglas County. But he is actually working with the red Chinese. He's wearing the red communist Chinese lapel. He's been to China a couple times. He sits on the Oregon Chinese Council. And he's been interim menstrual and not only sending our exports out of Oregon, but also helping the Chinese buy our farmland and many of our, our deplapitated buildings in Portland that were destroyed by the Antifa and Black Lives Matter. So David Brock Smith has not been working for us. He doesn't care about our school systems. He doesn't deserve to be this time as an incumbent, you know, voted back in this time, not appointed, but elected as a senator. 
and we look at what's happening in the school district, Mr. Brown, you and Desmond both know. I mean, you're working with young people, Mr. Brown. What do you say about people like David Brock Smith and 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 Miss Drazen who actually sat in on some of these open and closed hearings and said they weren't going to vote for tampons in the boys' bathroom, but then went behind our back and did it anyway. Can we even trust half of our representatives in Salem anymore? Well, I think, you know, for Desmond and I, it's, 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 um, if you haven't worked in a public school, it, it's hard to get a, a, a feel for it. Um, the peer pressure is tremendous. You know, if you say anything, you're going to get lit up. Um, you know, I'm retired now. My wife's just retired, but I was on a school board for four years after that. And, um, you know, I, I just think that you have to understand, um, that the Oregon Department of Education uh, tells the OSBA, the Oregon State School Board Association, what to do. They tell the OSAA, the Oregon State Athletic Association, what to do. That's why we resigned at Canby uh, from tennis here. It kind of started our thing really taking off. And uh, teachers, there's a lot of great teachers out there. There really is. Uh, ed assistants and teachers who don't like a lot of this stuff. I think they would agree with Desmond and I right down the line. But they can't say anything because when you're in the public school uh, thing, even if you try to drop out of the union, which you can through the Freedom Foundation, uh, and, and get better benefits than the union offers you, uh, you'll get, you'll get ridiculed. You'll get hammered. You'll get, uh, tore down. I've, I've lived it. I know what it's like. So, um, people don't say anything. And I, uh, again, I'll try to keep my comment short because you guys are all awesome. I want to hear you. But at the same time, like when you get to the school board, you start hearing how much control, uh, the state has on schools. And in Oregon, it's big time. It really is. Uh, when the ODE says something, people better fall in line or they're in big trouble. And um, when you speak up uh, from a public school standpoint as an employee or even a school board member, uh, you're going to get rocked with a lot of criticism. And that's why I would go down and support Desmond. I know Don Powers. He's a close personal friend. Um I, I'm, I'm going to politic a little bit here. Um, I'll wait and, you know, Judge Desmond after I hear him speak, you know, I'm, I bet he's going to, he's going to kill it. Uh, but Don is a man full of integrity and that's what I want on EML Car County. I uh, went to my first Republican meeting. Um, I'm signing up as a PCP and I'm worried about the integrity of, of the whole thing in Yamhill County. I, and I think we're a smaller county compared to some of you guys, but you know, I want people with integrity like Don Powers. Because uh, when I talk to Don, I'm going to get it straight over the plate. It's not going to be a curveball. It's going to be straight over the plate. And and I, as far as people down in Salem, uh, you know, just don't make the mistake of thinking that uh, superintendents in our school districts and administrators have much power. They really don't. Uh, the ODE has a lot of power. They they tell them what to do and they jump through the hoop. And if they don't, they won't be in that position very long. Simple as that. School boards have a lot of power that they don't even know they have. But I will say, last thing, school board people, when I first got to school board, they didn't know Jack. I was the only one that worked in a public school, and they're bringing up stuff. Desmond would laugh. They, they never worked in a public school. They'd never been an assistant, never been a teacher, never been a counselor, never been an administrator, never been a coach. They didn't know anything. And yet they're on the school board with me, and I'm like, you guys don't know anything. I mean, uh, it was kind of comical. I had to stop from laughing out loud sometimes because they were talking about stuff so uh, maybe some of our legislators, you know, are like that. I'm going to meet somebody on Thursday before Desmond's hearing. That's why I'll be down there, and I'm hoping to uh, 
Don arranged this uh, coffee time together. And, uh, uh, you know, I wait and hear people speak, but uh, we just lost a big case in, in our county. You know, they said we had serial meetings on a school board and we didn't. And uh, the, the judge said that we did and they didn't have any evidence at all. None at all. And we didn't do it. But she said we violated public speaking laws and crazy stuff out there. So. Well, yeah, I, they went I big, completely relate on you out there, right, Benice? If I may, they, they but they didn't just. I mean, this wasn't just you know somebody saying, "Hey, you you, you held this." I mean, the left came after you guys with with guns ablazing. They brought in the ACLU, didn't they? Oh, big time! Yeah, big uh, time. for the last four years, we've been sued like eight, nine times. We we won several of the cases, uh, but as soon as they lose, they appeal. ACLU comes in, involved and throws all the money at it, big time, and. Uh, you know, we're on the hook for what could be a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in attorney fees. Us, not the school district, the, the board. So we're waiting to see how that all plays out. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to fundraise, you know, to help it out. Um, so it, it, it's 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 scary and tough at the same time. But I'll tell you what, you guys. You know, all I have to do is get encouraged, is to be on a show like this and listen to you guys talk. And this is what we need to do to get people fired up and get them. Uh, get them to get up and you know I'm not trying to promote stand tall but I'm just trying to get people to stand tall stand up get involved know what's going on Don uh, both you and Dave Dave can you please tell you know Edward can relate to this many people listening to this are blue collar workers they're not well to do part of the Republican establishment that are part of the uh, what do they call the executive club up in Portland these are people that are your down to earth Everyday Joe Blow, what can they do to help you, you as far as the fundraising? Ed, do you have any ideas? And lower maintenance costs oh. We're going to a break, folks. We'll be right back. Hold that thought, and we're going to come back right after the break. The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows too. Ease off LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Go to republicbroadcasting.org. Smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the cool, United with States. anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, the, uh, the dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central.
Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. Hey folks, you're coming back here uh, to the Concord Lantern with Republic Broadcasting Network. We have with us in the wings here, we have Desmond um, Ballard and his wife Kayla. We have Ed Renfro. We have Dave Brown and Don Powers. Uh, Don Powers is going to be running for the state of Oregon for the national chair representing the state of Oregon. We have Dave Brown, who has been involved with the school districts in Northern Oregon, Desmond, who has also been involved with Grisham, uh, a case that he also has been working out. Uh, he's got like four different cases going on right now. Um, we also have Ed Renfro, who was running for District 1 uh, here two years ago uh, through the Constitution Party. Um, Mr. Desmond is going to be um, this Thursday at 11 a.m. on High Street in courtroom C Like and Cat 2, which is the courtroom of Judge Edmonds. And his case is going to be basically regarding what happened with the former Secretary of State, Shamia Fagan, who is still responsible for the illegal, unlawful things that she did, and also addressing Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon State Constitution. And as I said earlier, if these Democrats who tried to cram this recent amendment to the Oregon State Constitution down our throats in order to get rid of our representatives who had the right to stand out and walk away uh, rather than allowing the Democrats to push certain things down our throats and now to remove them under this new amendment to not be able to run for office again, if we're going to ha allow the Oregon State Constitution the other day to uphold what I consider an unlawful amendment, then we need to take the amendment that was passed by the Oregonians in the 1990s Article 2, Section 22, which had to do with taking donations only from those within your district. And uh, any amount is okay. But we have a gentleman by the name of Mr. Uh, Tuttle. His name is Mr. Tuttle. And he lives in San Francisco. He's a Democrat. He's 82. He's a voting Democrat in 2018 and 2020 at his primary residence. Well, what he did, he wanted to donate $150,000 to our Oregon senator, um, 
Mr. David Brock Smith. So what he did is he moved up to Gold Beach, Oregon, and he purchased a vacation home there, which is in David Brock Smith's district of uh, Curry County. And he's been donating $25,000 at a time, even more, up to $150,000 plus for David Brock Smith, who was appointed as a senator, who now wants to run as an incumbent. But the thing is, you cannot vote in two different states at the same time in the same election. And he voted in 2018 and 2020 in California, in San Francisco, per the elections clerk there. He also voted in 2018 and 2020 as an independent here in Oregon. So this Constitution amendment would be able to hold their feet to the fire where they could not do that. Uh, we have Christine Drazen, Betsy Johnson, and Tina Kotick that took money from Lamodia, took money from FDX, took money from uh, big corporations, the A uh, AFL-CIO, uh, AFL teachers unions. Uh, this is illegal under our state constitution. Uh, Mr. Nike, uh, Nike uh, Phil Knight of Nike, gave over $45,000 to Tina Kotick, Betsy Johnson, and Christine Drazen, which is in violation of the Oregon State Constitution, Article 2, Section 22. We have Mr. Dave Brown with us here and Mr. Powers, um, who are talking with, with uh, Desmond about what is even going on in our school districts here. And Ed, you had a suggestion for Mr. Brown, what he could do to try to help them with the financial cost of these lawsuits? Well, for one, I'll start getting stuff down here in Douglas County. You know how I am. Sorry, I realized I was almost like picking up my kids, so I've got somebody going down to grab them. Okay. My other thing, first thing I wanted to say, people want to talk about Mr. Powers, okay? You want to know what a stand-up guy he is, and I'm going to say this, and nobody knows this, I didn't even realize he was coming on today. Don Powers has donated to my girlfriend's memorial fund and I've never met the man in my life. Yes, you did. In fact, you were the, he was the top he was the top contributor to try to help with your fiance's cremation, uh, which uh, if it hadn't been for Mr. Powers, we would have never gotten that cremation off on its way. I I I can't say enough. I I I didn't know that was you here, brother. I that's his no fiance. Idea. Yes, Mr. Yeah, Powers. That was that was Ed's fiance. I, I did I, not connect those dots. I, I feel for you, Ed. I such a horrible, I, horrible moment. I can't say enough and it just I looked at the GoFundMe and then it all just kinda of clicked here just a couple minutes ago. Mr. Brown, get a hold of me. We will figure out how to get the fundraising started. I don't care what it takes. Because I'm a dad of a special needs kid. I have a kid with ADHD, ODD, and anxiety disorder. He's one that's been bypassed over multiple times over, and I'm going to have to go against the school district down here in the South Lane School District in court because the kid that's supposed to be a junior has a fifth grade reading level. He just been shoved through the system. Thank you for so, that, Ed. When it comes to anything, let me know. I will do anything I can. Because as a dad of, dad of kids, and now I have a, my grandparents first generation, parents second generation, I'm third generation, my kids are fourth, and now I have a fifth generation. I have grandkids now going to schools here in Oregon. Another one, my, my grandson's autistic. 
I will help any way I can when it comes to our kids. This is five generations I have growing up I've had in this state, and I want to make it better than it was then. Thank you, Ed. Now, we do have something here where Desmond uh, wanted to basically share with Dave Brown and Don Powers. He wanted to show us the standing regarding the school boards and about the sovereignty and the authority of municipals under Article 9 of Section 2. Go ahead, Desmond. Thank you for that. Um, yes, my bad. I mistyped. Uh, that was Article 11, Section. I'm going to share my screen because um, I believe Oregon has the strongest state constitution, period. And one of the beautiful things about our state constitution is that our Oregon Supreme Court in the past has interpreted it um, the proper way. And they, they detailed sovereignty and how it's applied in Oregon case laws that has never been overturned. You can still rely on these cases right now. So um, I'll bring up first Brusco because uh, can you guys see this on my screen? Yes, I can see it right there. It says, um, as sovereign, the state holds full propriety rights in such land. That one, right? Yes, ma'am. So, um, firstly, I want to show the duality of sovereignty because there is a duality to sovereignty. And I'm using the case in which when the Oregon became a part of the union, as every state that becomes part of the union, they have to take um, complete sovereignty over our waterways. So if people want to understand what the complete sovereignty is, it's best to go look in your state's case law uh, regarding the waterway. And in Oregon, they detail it this way. You have juice publicum, and you also have what's called juice privatum. This is the duality of sovereignty. When we operate under our state constitution, when we, uh, our state constitution is a partnership agreement. That's number one. When you, when you bring standing to court, when you take a case into court, you want to stand on, ooh, okay, it's not sharing anymore. Let's get back to that. You want to apply your state constitution as a partnership agreement. State constitution and um, part of the, the agreement. He did not. I'm sorry, I'm at my children's school and my son just took his mom's shoes. Ooh, she's mad. Um, juice privatum, we always retain sovereignty juice privatum. But the sovereignty that we divest to the state is dominion. Juice publicum, they only have dominion. They do not have title to the sovereign rights. We retain those. So if you, if you want to understand that better, you can read what's there on my screen. And then I'll bring up here so that people understand why I'm talking about the application of it. So here it says, we are liable to confuse discussion of the subject if we fail to discern between sovereignty itself and the force which stands as the representative of sovereign power. The source, the abiding place of sovereignty is in the people. This is where I was talking about um, privatism, the title to sovereignty. It always remains with the people, the citizens of Oregon, as joint tenants of the state. And 
when we act through the initiative, most people don't know that Oregon actually helped pioneer the initiative process. As a matter of fact, it's known through federal um, courts as the Oregon way. Um, when we go through the initiative process, we act from our private capacity, exercising our authority, juice publicum without the state. That is what uh, happens when we do the initiative process. And, um, but as you can see here, we at all times uh, keep that that sovereignty. Uh, but we have more to that. We have what's called the operation of law. So under Article 1, Section 22 of our state constitution, the authority to act is, is what controls the operation of the law. And I'm going to show you here one of the most brilliant state constitutional provisions that we have in Oregon is not uh, not seen in every other constitution. Okay, Desmond, uh, you're kind of you're fading in and out. Is there a way that you can get closer to the mic and also show Mr. Powers and Mr. Brown how they can use this in what they are going to be incorporating both um, in Mr. Brown's case and also Mr. Powers when he becomes um, our state representative? Hey, Matt. Um, uh, Denise, I just want to re remind you, uh, Maggie, that m I'm not going to be a state representative. I know you've kind of said it a couple of times. I just want to be clear. It's it's actually the Oregon Republican Party's national committeeman, which means I would be the liaison between the Oregon Republican Party and the and the not just the party, but specifically the PCPs within the counties. I would be the liaison for for our state to the RNC. Thank you for correcting me on that. I appreciate that. Okay. And would you tell us where your website is, Mr. Powers? You know, I, I don't have one for, for that because it's an internal election that happens. There's, it's only between the delegates and the uh, and the central committee. So there's only 136 that, that vote on the national committee, man. So I haven't, you know, there's not much sense in having a, uh, a website when you only have to reach okay. 136 people in 30 days. So phone calls, phone calls, phone calls. Okay. So, Mr. Desmond, can you please share with Mr. Uh, Brown and Mr. Renfro and Mr. Powers and I how they can take this information and use it to in to put in their toolbox? Well, so m with Mr. Brown, I don't know exactly the structure of his case with the the school district or the the teachers union. I know that I, I deal with a fight with the teachers union myself um, in 2020 when they tried to force masks on our children. I fought with our school district uh, because I refused to allow my children to go through their school day with a mask on. They wouldn't let, allow my children in the school. So I told my children, put the mask on, walk into the school, take the mask off and go about your school day. They found a way to kick my kids out of the school thanks to the teachers union forcing the issue. Um, but they don't have... The teachers union actually does not have any authority for the regulations of our school districts. They function as a municipal under Article 11, Section 2. And under that, my job spoke about joint tenancy. So all of the, the co-inhabitants of the district for that municipal being the school district, those folks in a private capacity are joint partners for... Um, that that school district those are the only people who have any voice in the regulation of the school and i know he mentioned that um the oregon board of education 
really has a foothold, and he's not he's not wrong right now. They do have a foothold, and that's because our school board members are allowing them to. So when I challenged our board members, I told them, hey, you can't rely on the ODE for regulations that you are applying. You actually have to write your own um, ordinance, basically, or district um, policy to implement anything that they are they're trying to get you to implement. You have to write it yourself. As a matter of fact, when they came out with those suggestions, in their uh, PDF that they forwarded to all of the, the school boards that this is not uh, binding on them. That this is only a suggestion and that well, they have to implement their own personal policy because they function as a principle. Uh, Portland can't write the code of conduct for the city of Gresham. The city of Gresham can't do the same for Salem. Um, the, those cities have to write their own adoption of those policies and we as those private citizens within those districts have to hold them accountable for the policies that they create uh, what this does was on my screen uh, what that does is allow for someone like Mr. Brown to say to his school board hey I am a joint tenant of this um, this municipal corporation you have to abide by uh, my private uh, laws regarding these things that the conduct of business. And if you don't, so let's say the, he tells the school board, I don't want a boy dressing in the locker room with my daughter because it violates our personal and private uh, constitution or our private culture. They have to adhere to that. If they choose, all right, we're not going to adhere to that because some rule that we're going to choose, then he would apply this standing and a writ of review process where the, a circuit court would review the process that the school district used to come to that determination. And if they violated any of the rules that are applicable to his, his demand and their application of his demand, they will then be held accountable. He can have them removed because of Article uh, 7, Section 6, of uh, Article 7, Amended Section 6 of our state constitution, which states that any public officer... Um, they're not to be impeached. They are to be removed for incompetency or malfeasance through uh, a hearing. If their if their courts makes a finding that this person acted incompetently or they acted malfeasantly, he can actually have those every single one of those board members that um, acted against him removed and replaced. That is how he would would want to apply this. Thank you so much for that, uh, Dave. Um. How are you and Dawn from your neck of the woods going to be handling um, what's happening here in Oregon right now and going forward? I mean, the Republican Party, Dawn, is so fractured. And I'm sure Mr. Brown would agree with you on that. Ed, Ed and I already know that, don't we, Ed? We already know how badly uh, the, both the Constitution Party and the Republican Party are fractured. So, Dawn, what are you and, and Brown, Mr. Brown proposed to do going forward here um, after this primary? Well, you know, I'm more focused on, on the legislative side of things, or, or more, I should say, within the Oregon Republican Party and and and, and, and sowing, you know, uh, immunity and some direction in, into that. Um, Dave can speak for himself, for sure, but I know he's much more concerned and directly, not that we're not all very concerned about what's happening to these children in the schools, but that's been his life his focus so he can probably talk about what you know what uh 
you know, what his path is from here forward, what he hopes to get get done and get accomplished. Yes, Dave? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it takes a lot of uh, people to, um, you know, get something done. And, you know, we all know that there's not enough people standing up. And so um, I always think there's strength in numbers. And uh, I think the powers and the people and the powers and the numbers, we just have to get them to, to, uh, to stand tall, stand up, get going, get involved. And that would uh, fall right in the line with money. Um, you know, if we had, uh, 500,000 to a million Republicans just in our state, just donate, you know, between one and $20, we would be flush with money to win all kinds of races. And that's everybody just contributing just a tiny little bit of money. But I think what we do as Republicans, we want to wait for that rich guy to come along and write that big check. And I think where our power is really at is, is, uh, with the normal person. And the normal person just saying, okay, I'll give five, ten bucks, you know, a cup of coffee, two cups of coffee a month. Uh, not much of a sacrifice. That's where the money could come from. And then uh, Don and I both talked about this quite a bit. We need parents standing up at school board meetings and we need people at uh, city council meetings and county commissioner meetings. People have to get involved. Uh, the laziness of Americans has got to end. And when I say lazy, I, I mean they've just got a kindergarten education of what's really going on in uh, politics and uh, our public schools. And if I was a parent today, I'm a public school guy. My kids all went to public schools. I did, worked in them. I would not let my kids go to public school. No way, no way, no shape, no how. And uh, uh, it's a minefield out there for them. It's tough. And uh, a lot of people don't have that option to pull them out of there. And I believe that we need to keep fighting for public schools um, to, to do much better. And they are not producing the numbers, the test scores, the graduation rates, everything that's coming out, by the way, on data and stats in Oregon is, uh, propped up by the fact that we're not really having any graduation rates. You're going to graduate if you just breathe air. Uh, the test scores are, are, are not there. The, the rigor, the rigor of a tough high school thing is going to be dependent on a certain teacher, but they're not failing kids. Uh, they're, uh, they're failing kids in the standpoint they're not giving them a rigorous uh, education. And that's why sports is kind of our final frontier. We expect our kids to be in shape and play well and, and do great. We still do it in sports, but we don't do it in the mainstream. So my thing with stand tall, you guys, I'm not trying to you know push it too hard here, but uh, every single person to stand up, I really believe that men are the, the key because women have – stood up better than men. Men are being a bunch of uh, wusses out there. Uh, the, the good men, maybe 10, 20%. The rest of them are a bunch of twig skinny little jean midgets from North Portland. That's how I feel. I, I just think men are not getting it done. They're not leading. That doesn't mean being a domineering man. That just means being a good man, being a good leader in your home, in your community. And you know what? Yeah, you're going to have to stand up like Don and I do and say something. And somebody's not going to like you for it. Well, if you're not 11 years old, I don't care about your feelings. Sorry. You know, stand up and do something. Stand up and say something. And I think we and the Republican Party have spent too much time uh, bickering amongst each other instead of just, you know, getting behind somebody that's solid and pushing them forward. And if you if you get Don Powers in there, you're not going to get somebody really going to pamper your feelings much you're gonna get somebody to get the job done he's gonna do it the right way 
And uh, that's what we need in, in our politics. None of this backbiting stuff. And Desmond knows it, too. I think he's gone now, but Desmond knows it in the public schools. You know, you're watching your back 24-7. And that's no way to win elections. That's no way to run the Republican Party. And uh, Don's not perfect, never claims to be. But, man, we need people with integrity in these jobs. And, and we got to get the people that are in there for selfish reasons out. Exactly. You know, I've known Don Powers for a few years now. He was the one that brought Christine Hutchison, I think, in um, when she was talking about the border. Uh, he used a lot of his own money because even when he puts on these events, um, we don't have enough people stepping forward, buying the tickets, whatever. So he takes it out of his own pocket. Uh, him and his and his beautiful wife, uh, he put on another event not long ago. He flew in the people that made the movie uh, Let My People Go, which was just held up north uh, re- very recently. And couple thousand dollars at least out of his own pocket i mean this is a man who walks the walk and talks the talk and don for that reason believe me there's many people out there that are the silent uh, majority that know who you are that know that you that you talk the talk and you walk the walk you mean what you say you say what you mean and that's why you should be in the position that we want you to be in so thank you um i well, want to thank you know, yes go you ahead know, i want to say John Stuart Mill once said, let not anyone pacify his conscience by the delusion that he can do no harm if he takes no part and forms no opinion. Wow, thank you for that, folks. Mr. Don Powers, Mr. Dave Brown, Mr. Edward Renfro, and Mr. Desmond Ballard and his wife, Kayla. Thank you all for coming on the Concord Lantern. Let's do this again sometime. God bless you all. Nice to meet you, Ed. Bye-bye. We're fed up with lying politicians and greedy corporations who have sold us out time and again. And we're sick and tired of sending our soldiers off to wars that we were never meant to win. We want this country back. We ain't just joking, Jack. We want our liberty and our dignity. right and our victories on the way and we won't give up the fight till we hear 200 million hi tom bolton for ease off i know so many of you are finding our easy four carcass drop and lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation but today i want to spotlight four of our new products First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. You 
you can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because